Welcome everybody to the University of Applied Research and Development. It is my honor to have with us Dr. Winston Sakurai, who is the director of Kaohao School in Hawaii and was the 2016 National Digital Principal of the Year and Hawaii State Secondary Principal of the Year. Welcome, Winston. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for having me. So delighted. I, I got to say, say aloha. Awesome. <laughs> aloha. Hey, so how long have you been your whole life there in Hawaii? I actually have never left the islands in terms of living somewhere else. You know, we travel every once in a while, but I grew up uh, here. And actually, the school that I'm the director of is maybe, ah, it's about two schools away from where I grew up. And so it's actually nice to be in my hometown uh, leading a school. Um, it's about a couple minutes from the beach. But yeah, I've been here my entire life. Went through the University of Hawaii for my graduate school. Uh, and got my undergraduate and, and um, master's and, and doctorate there. Fantastic. So you've made a, a huge impact. How did it come about that you uh, named the National Digital Principal and State Secondary Principal of the Year as well? Well, it, it's kind of funny because, um, you know, who would have thought this uh, kid from, you know, a small, small town, um, my parents were blue-collar workers. Uh, they, they didn't go to college. And uh, one of the things that's, you know, very exciting is that I had the opportunity to have loving parents who pushed education, you know, and, and that was a big part of us growing up because they, they didn't want, they didn't want their son to work as hard as them. Uh, and I think they meant the physical labor as opposed to maybe the mental labor. Uh, and, and they were really supportive and they pushed education from a very young age. So everything that uh, they focused upon was just trying to, you know, a couple of things. My, my parents said, always remain humble. Uh, you know, try to try to do your best at what you're doing. Uh, we will support you, uh, and, and you know that's that's the the thing a, a a kid growing up could could you know want and 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 have, and that's the kind of uh, support I think any any child would want to have from parents. And I I just have wonderful parents. Um, I got involved in education very young. Um, I was in high school, and I was the um, student representative to the state board of education. And then I went off to college, uh, you know, uh, with my parents' blessings, and uh, I actually did distance learning uh, for uh, Hawaii. Hawaii's, you know, unique where there, there's islands and we're all separated by distance. And the Department of Education asked me to host these kind of call-in talk shows, these training sessions for using things like video text terminals, email systems back in the 90s, uh, and, and present it not only for, for the teachers, but also for students to use. And, you know, here's a 19-year-old kid that had an opportunity to, to start teaching through distance learning uh, and then getting my uh, degree. Um, it's funny. I actually wanted to be a principal since I was in third grade. And that's because from uh, kindergarten all the way up to eighth grade, I had a new principal every single year. And by third grade, I was just done with having a new principal every year. I said, there's got to be a better way. Of, of school leaders staying at a school and, and why are they abandoning us and why are they changing the rules all the time? And so I actually purposed very early on that one day I would like to become a school principal and stay for a long time. And the school I was at uh, previous to this, I was there for, uh, I was there for 17 years. Wow. And uh, I wanted to make a difference and you work hard. Uh, you, you try to do their best with everything. Uh, I, I don't, I probably have the highest expectations uh, for for myself, and and whatever I try to do, I just try to do the best uh, what we can what we can do as a school or as as just an individual, and I think that's what 
maybe led to to you know winning winning a national award. And again, you know, I, I'm I'm out here in the middle Pacific. We're very much far away from what's happening in the mainland United States, and it, it was quite an honor uh, to be recognized for doing things uh, at our school that were pretty innovative. We're one of the first ones to start talking about maker spaces and 3D printing and doing a lot of things with online uh, virtual science fairs. We, we created this whole website uh, for our school and got grants, you know, a quarter million dollar grant to just design a virtual uh, science fair. So our students wouldn't have to deal with the struggles of, of you know, putting together a, a board, a post a three, uh, three uh, panel board uh, with their uh, craft paper and, and science fair projects and, and really the parents helping them out. Uh, we created an authentic experience where they could design it online and present it not only to uh, their, their, their peers in, in school and their teachers, but also like we had judges from all around the world. And, and those are the type of things that we try to do digitally because how much more is the world smaller to our students when you can bring the world outside uh, through technology? And that's part of you know, what uh, I think you know, might have led to winning the award. Uh, again, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> How 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 uh, I was able to do that, but uh, it was nice to be recognized for it, and it's nice to continue the work uh, where I am right now. Incredible, incredible, Winston. Um, when you look back on those, you know, the, the 17 years you were at that school, obviously you've already mentioned uh, maker spaces and the virtual science fair. What what's one of the initiatives that you're maybe most proud of? Um, you felt you know the challenge of getting it up and running and satisfaction. You know. Um, it, it, this is not so much the digital side, but one of the things that we, we really purpose was developing, uh, uh, you know, people will call them different things. Some, some people will call them uh, soft skills. Uh, some people will call them, uh, you know, uh, life skills. We call them critical skills. And there are there six things that we thought were very important that we wanted um, to do with our curriculum. And, and all the things that we talked about, virtual science fair or, or uh, having, uh, uh, you know, online learning or, you know, just doing makerspace or whatnot. It was all, not the technology. It really was developing these skills in students. So one of the hardest things that they learned, uh, we would put them through a design thinking process, uh, kind of how Stanford University uh, does that with their D school there. Um, and we put them into groups and they will have to work together. And the, and the reason why we wanted them to work together because we knew that they had to figure out how to come up with the best idea, not not to not to think that they are right in doing something and their idea has to work. They have to work together to find the best idea to solve, thing and solve something. And I think that's what uh, students found the most challenging was how do I work with different personalities? So you're developing the skill of communication, how to talk to somebody, even if you disagree with them. How do you, how do you actually come up and try to solve a problem? So you're problem solving using critical thinking. How do you actually work with uh, another person that um, has a skill set that is not the same as yours and to use that creativity uh, to kind of design something that will help somebody. Uh, and then we're going through the process of uh, digital citizenship, uh, which was very important, how to use online resources correctly and in the right way. Uh, collaboration uh, is the umbrella of all of this, right? So you're, you're working together as a team. And then the last one was cultural competence. Um, and so how do you actually apply your understanding and your uh, understanding of what happens in the world from your lens and see it from other people's lens as well. So these six critical skills were really part of what we designed. And the technology part was something that was the excuse to draw out these skills. So it was a, um, 
it was it was a lot of fun and we coached students through this whole process um, because we couldn't tell them okay here take a test on collaboration go you actually have to work on those kind of things you have to practice <laughs> that kind of like how you dribble a basketball uh, you can't just watch a youtube video and say i'm going to learn how to shoot like uh, you know uh, michael jordan uh, you have to work at it you have to practice it you have to do it and and we as teachers were not the conveyors of information anymore we were the ones coaching them through the process listening to them when they had trouble trying to figure out how to actually work together which was again i i, I talk about that a lot but our students, at the end of the day, they said the best thing they learned was how to work to work with each other. And that's the type of skills they're going to need in their careers. That's the type of skills that they're going to need when they're even, you know, getting married. You know, they're going to have to figure out how to best solve a problem as a family uh, and, and knowing how to do that in a practice session, in a controlled environment where the risk is really low because that's just your classmates. Now going into the real world and applying those skills, I, I think they will remember those things more so than the, the ABCs and the arithmetic, uh, because they, there's an emotion attached to that, right? When you're in a, in a process where you're learning something new and there's challenges and difficulties, you feel something. Uh, and that feeling uh, retains the memory, uh, I think, in a, in a better way than just sitting at the desk and, and, and reading through a textbook. Uh, it's those memories that actually create those experiences uh, that they can harness and transfer to a different situation. Uh, and I think those are things that can help them through the rest of their life. Uh, they might not remember what happened on page 53, but they'll remember exactly in the moment that they're working with somebody and they solve the problem and the high fives that happen. And they go, yeah, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of arguments. It took a lot of sweat, sweat and tears. It took up maybe even staying up late at night, but we got the job done. And so all of those things, you know, we talk about technology. You know, designing something for someone else. How do you actually design uh, a product that will help someone else using your 3D printer? Well, it's not just printing something up and knowing the technical skills. You actually have to know how to help somebody. And, and we talked a lot about empathy and how to help other people by looking at their situation and trying to put yourself in their shoes and solve problems for them in a very creative way. And, and that's, really, that's really the whole, the whole point of using the technology and, and being a digital principal is really, uh, at the end of the day, helping students become better people and teaching them these skills that will uh, take them far in life. We've had a number of people on our video cast and our podcast, and I don't think anyone's talked about the power of emotions and anchoring learning and emotions. Is it something that just came to you along the way or was it by design? I, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, um, I remember stuff when, for some reason, I remember stuff when I was four years old. I don't remember what exactly happened. I don't know what the words were said, but I have this emotional response sometimes that just comes about when someone's mentioned something. So uh, my, my grandparents and my parents, you know, every once in a while, we take a trip to a neighboring island. And there was an emotion. Uh, sometimes it was fear because I don't like flying on planes. Sometimes there's a, a you know, uh, a great uh, exuberance because you're seeing family members that you haven't seen for a long time. Uh, and there's, there's sad sadness because sometimes we would fly out because it was someone's funeral and we had to go visit uh, family, uh, you know, family members who had, had passed away. And, and there's just these emotions that come with that. And I remember those things. But again, I don't remember. I don't remember what happened in first grade other than the time I got scolded for doing something wrong. But then that's an emotion as well. Right. I felt bad because someone scolded me. But I don't remember any, any other things. I don't remember sitting at the desk and saying, yeah, we went over this subject on this day and, and this is what happened. 
But I remember um, getting in trouble. I remember you know, celebrating uh, good things as well. Uh, and that's the type of emotions that came out. And I'm not sure exactly how it came out. I think I probably read it, and then I went, oh, there's a connection, right? There's a connection. Right. It was probably in something I read. It's been such a long time. I, I don't remember what it, uh, what, it, uh, what it was, but you look back at, at my own life, I, I just remember things because of the emotional ties that, that come, come with it. Hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask about your doctorate, and was it around that, or was there a different topic? Actually, I, I, I cheated a little bit because I, I, um, I had a very good advisor and he said, really just study something you know. So what I actually did was I actually, there, there's been other digital principles all across, uh, you know, all across the country uh, in the United States. And I actually wanted to know what made them tick because here, I think the same question that, uh, you know, I, I had from the very beginning is like, how did I get selected? You know, and I look at, at these people and I admire them greatly and they, they've won the award as well. And I went, I, I am nowhere in the same class as, this, as these people. These, these are movers and shakers in education that do a lot of great things uh, for their school. So I, I was kind of curious to know what made them tick. In the back of my mind, I'm trying to justify kind of what, you know, where I got uh, to this point. Uh, but it was something I knew. And I, I, I had this inkling and, and I come back to this. Like, so we talk about emotions and there, there's a lot of things that there's a gut feeling, like there's, there's a reason why uh, this was important. So for me, I went into it just, and I think it was because I talked to them and, and we had some common experiences. So I wanted to find the commonalities behind, you know, what, what uh, the, you know, the doctorate, my dissertation was going to be and, uh, and everything else. So, uh, so I went and studied them in terms of their backgrounds, how they grew up, uh, what, what was their passions? And it's so funny because we had uh, a lot of common experience. Now there's the things like we're all involved in uh, some kind of uh, co-curricular activity. So whether that was sports or student government or National Art Society, all of us were kind of involved in, in something like that. But when we looked a little bit deeper, it found, we found out that many of us were uh, history majors or, or social studies or some kind of political science uh, uh, type of social, social science type of background. And uh, that was one of the key things, like the overwhelming majority of, of the award winners had this uh, humanities connection. So even though you're talking about technology and digital principle, you would think maybe it's a math science type of teacher that moved up to be a principal. It was actually um, humanities. And there's this, you know, even, even myself, I'm, I'm a political science major. I was a history teacher uh, when I was teaching. And, and just looking at that aspect of why was it that it was these type of, you know, uh, majors that we, we flocked to. But I think one of the other things that we found out is a lot of us had some kind of struggle in school. Um, so I actually have uh, dyslexia and I, I believe also ADHD, although never been diagnosed, although my, my son's been diagnosed and so is, I'm, I'm pretty sure my daughter is as well. Um, but all of us had struggles with the traditional learning in schools. So, you know, a few of the um, digital principals almost, almost flunked out of high school, which is amazing, right? And again, there's another one that has his doctor as well that uh, almost flunked out of fr uh, freshman year of uh, high school. And uh, we struggled. Uh, we were, you know, labeled for early, very early on. We didn't fit into the traditional mold of education, right? So sitting at desks, being quiet, you know, turning all the work, spelling and, and whatnot. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of why for me technology was important because if I didn't have that Commodore 64 that my mom uh, and my dad, uh, you know, bought back at the 
the TV repair shop back in the 80s, I don't think I would have gotten through college. Uh, I, I, I have a difficult time spelling. There was a spell check and a grammar check on, on the Commodore 64. I had that, you know, I had the computer from third grade all the way up to freshman year of college because um, that's all we could afford. Uh, and it's, it's kind of remarkable how um, just studying the dissertation led me to the belief that there was some kind of uh, need to change education. Uh, and that led us to technology as a tool to, to make changes at a more rapid pace than it would have happened in, in, in another way. Uh, and I think that's kind of what, you know, when we talk about my dissertation and my doctorate, um, I, I was worried. I was actually quite worried if I could even get through it. And I had a failed experience uh, in my master's program where I took the first couple course. And of course, there's some of those are weeder courses that, that we would call them. Um, but I just had difficulty with the writing and struggling with the writing. So I started my master's, I stopped for a number of years, then I went back and got my master's. Uh, and it was funny, I started my doctorate program and my first class was with the same professor that I had in my master's program that I had stopped because I couldn't get past their class. And I went, oh no, I'm in my doctorate program. This is my first class. I am not even gonna make it through the first, uh, first couple of weeks if it's gonna be the case. Um, and the funny thing is 20 years, not only had changed my perspective on how to learn, how to be a learner and how to grow, it actually changed the professor's perspective as well. She was a totally different person than what she was when she had first started. And I think that's because when she had first started teaching out, she was trying to prove herself, right? So when you prove yourself as a, as a professor, sometimes, sometimes you're going, I need to be strict. I need to work the students really hard. I got to make sure that they get the rigor that is expected out of university education. Um, and she wasn't as maybe su supportive, but she was super supportive 20 years later. Uh, and and that's, that's what I think uh, got me through the doctorate program. And if it wasn't, actually, if it wasn't for her, um, I'm not sure if I would have had the confidence in order to be able to write a 125-page dissertation because she instilled in me the ability to do uh, very good, uh, what, which was my weak point, uh, qualitative uh, research. Uh, in a way that I never thought would be possible. I just still had these bad memories of my master's program and not getting, getting through her class the first time. Uh, and she was very supportive of this next go around and I was able to be successful pretty much because of her. I, I think I had the confidence that she instilled with me over that, you know, that first course in my doctorate program. Uh, and, and that I'm very thankful for. Um, I would never have guessed that would, that would have been the case and how that circle kind of closed, uh, you know, after, after two decades. I think that's a, that's a beautiful experience to talk about as someone such as yourself who's won, you know, national awards, successful principal, um, you've completed your doctorate, but to share so vulnerably about the struggles and the challenges that you've been through and having to stop and then start again and that fear and trepidation of that professor, but everything came together to make it happen because you were willing to give it a go and finish it. I think that's a great story, a great encouragement, I think, for people who are doing our program, working full-time, they have a family, they're studying, maybe they have a learning challenge like you mentioned, you know. So this, that's really encouraging to hear. Thank you for sharing that. No problem, no problem. 
just before we wrap up, I'd love to hear from you some some career advice or tips or some experiences that would help our aspiring leaders. Because we have people in our master's program who are new teachers. We have heads of departments. We have principals and directors of large schools. So a really wide range, but all of them would really value maybe some career advice or tips from you. Yeah, um, I think the, the biggest thing for me is, um, you know, everyone has, has different talents, different skills. Uh, and to utilize your strengths uh, whenever you're going into uh, a situation uh, and, and make that known that, you know, something is a strength. For me, my strength was just computers and, and digital stuff. And I, I made it very well known when I first got into the classroom that that's something that I, I desired. So, you know, you're talking very long ago and th these things are commonplace now, but I, I actually was one of the first ones in my school to use PowerPoint and to hook up a TV to a laptop and actually project uh, something onto a screen that was uh, I think the principal came in and he was going like what is going on here there's like <laughs> pictures and slides and, on the, on the, and, and again this was very early on we didn't even have Wi-Fi at the time right in the in the classroom so this is all brand new uh, so that was a strength of mine so I just played on the strength and that that became uh, a point where it differentiated me from everyone else so find what your strengths are and find a way to uh, identify what you're really good at because if you're really good at it, you'll be able to take that very far if you're working on something that is not your strength and you try to push that you're not going to be as enthusiastic you'll find it very difficult there's a lot of difficulty starting off a new career or or a new program you really want to identify what your what your strengths are and actually utilize and harness that and advertise it in a sense uh, so people know that you're, you're the expert in in something like that that's uh, that's a good way uh, to allow people to uh, harness your strengths and you'll be happy about that because it's something you really uh, are good at and it's something that you want to do. I, I think the other thing is that there's ups and downs in careers. Uh, I've been through many ups and downs uh, in a career and even my educational program, uh, but stick to it. Um, there's, there's always something better just around the corner and, you, and you're not going to know what that is. That's the, that's the, that's the hard part, right? You, we can't predict the future. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, uh, but stick to it. Uh, I, think, I think there's something to be said about longevity and being uh, available and in, in, in the right place at the right time, uh, but work very hard to, to figure out a way where you can actually uh, weather the storms. There are going to be storms in everyone's career, everyone's life, and and how to weather those storms in a way where it doesn't set you back, but actually moves you forward uh, later down the line. Um, I, and I I think uh, if you have someone that you can talk to, whether that's a mentor or a friend, uh, to go get through the difficult times, uh, that's what's going to actually help you uh, in the long term. Uh, and it's always good. I mean, it's always good to have friends, but it's all, always good to share sometimes your burden of what your experiences are. I think many people give up too quick on a situation and they have lost out on major opportunities just because they decide that, no, this is not the right thing. And they moved on to something else and they had to start all over again from the bottom. Um, so I'm not saying that stay in a place where there's no upward movement or there's no direction. You sometimes have to jump ship. I, I totally get that. Uh, but, but think about and weigh all the pros and cons when it comes to it talk it out with friends and try to figure out the best way to uh, the best thing for you. And really at the end of the day, I can, the best advice is always do the best thing that's, that's for you. 
uh, because you have to be happy and satisfied as a professional and as a person. And that affects your family life, that affects everything, your social relationships with other people. Um, so, you know, talk it out first. Don't make uh, quick decisions. See if you can stick with it. But if you can't, you can't. And um, I, I am never one to say someone stay in a bad situation for too long. Uh, sometimes you do have to make that call and, and move on to something else. Awesome. So we've got play to your strengths um, to differentiate yourself. Stick to it. I pulled out find a mentor or a support system as an additional. And uh, do the best for you and your family. Make that decision. Try it. Try it. Yeah, that's the best I can do. <laughs> and, and to tell you, I, I, sometimes I haven't listened to myself in, in that too. So, so uh, every situation is different. <laughs> Dr. Winston, really want to thank you for your time. It's after 11 o'clock at night. You've stayed up to do this. Really appreciate you sharing your wisdom. Thank you. No, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It has really been a pleasure.